0: Welcome to Harmonia. I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join me for the next hour as today's performers of medieval Renaissance and Baroque music bring to life the music of the distant past. This hour, Wendy Gillespie pays tribute to the ensemble that started the early music movement in America, the New York Pro Musica Antiqua. She'll bring us part one of a three-part retrospective about this pioneering group. We'll also explore the recorder as an instrument in the Renaissance Consort and hear sacred music by Orlando de Lasso. Take a look back in time to the year 1640. It's a pity that no works by the Swiss composer Esther Elizabeth Velkirs survive. Born in 1640 and blinded in a childhood accident, Esther didn't let that hold back her education. She learned to read with a wooden alphabet and studied language, philosophy, theology, and mathematics. She also took up music, and from contemporary accounts, we know that she was an adept singer and harpsichordist. We're more lucky in the music that's come down to us from another composer born in 1640, Carlos Hawkwart. He's known for his set of ten sonatas collected in Harmonia Parnassia and for his Die Triumph de Min, or The Triumph of Love, a work which is sometimes credited as being the first Dutch opera. Love may have very well triumphed when in 1640, another German composer and organist, Franz Tunde, married Elizabeth Voigt. By the next year, the newlyweds had moved to Lübeck, where Tunde landed a job as organist of the Marienkirche. Franz and Elizabeth had five children. Their third child, Anna, eventually married Franz's successor at the Marienkirche, the famous organist Dietrich Buxtehude. Aside from marital bliss, 1640 was also the year of a bitter feud. Robert Ballard ran a printing business in France, and so did the Saint-Lec family. But Ballard wanted a corner on the market and took the Saint-Lec to court to try to get their printing rights revoked. The legal proceedings, which started in 1640, were long and drawn out, with the preliminary measures alone lasting over eight years. The Saint-Lec family continued printing throughout the dispute, but in the end, no clear decision was reached. Other notable publications were coming out all over Europe in the year 1640. In Germany, the poet Philipp von Zesen published his first work, called the Hochdeutsche Helicon. In Italy, Niccolo Farfaro, under the pseudonym Giorgio Mazzaferro, published his Discorso Sopra la Musica antique e Moderna. And in England, Edmund Chilmead came out with his treatise of the essence, causes, symptoms, prognostics, and cures of love or erotic melancholy, from Dr. James Ferrand's Erotomania. Across the pond, it was a groundbreaking year for printing in the British North American colonies as well. Far from promoting erotomania, in 1640 the Bay Psalm Book, the standard psalter used for church services in the Massachusetts Bay Colony, was one of the first items to come off the printing press brought over from England two years prior. The hymn book, newly translated from the Hebrew scriptures by a committee of ministers in the colonies, gave the Puritan community its own religious text as they began building their identity in the New World. A locksmith, Stephen Day, produced 1,700 copies of the Psalter, but today only 11 copies remain, two of which are owned by Old South Church in Boston, which has counted Samuel Adams, Benjamin Franklin, and Phyllis Waitley among their prominent members. In December of 2012, Boston's Old South Church voted to sell one of its copies of the 1640 Bay Psalm book, hoping, by all estimates, to make 10 to $20 million from its sale at auction. The church plans to use the money for building restoration and repairs and its ongoing service to their urban community. This has been a look back to the year 1640. I'm Angela Mariani. You can find more about the people, events, and music from this era online in our blog section at harmoniaearlymusic.org. A consort combines different sized instruments of the same family, or, in the case of a broken consort, mixes instruments from different families. As part of an ongoing exploration of the Renaissance consort, here's a bit about the recorder. The recorder is believed to have been called by its modern name since the 14th century. Some say that the name is derived from the term "ricordare speciale, which means remember in Italian. Others claim that the name arose in England when the instrument was used to teach birds to sing. From the 15th century onward, the recorder became a popular accompaniment to dance music. For a bassa dance, a recorder player could improvise a counter melody above a long note cantus firmus. They would play in collaboration with similar melody instruments or as soloists. <laughs> The Bassano Quartet performed Danza Alta by Francisco de la Torre. Later in the Renaissance, a demand for ensemble playing among amateur musicians led to the construction of recorder consorts. Multiple recorders of different sizes and ranges could easily play instrumental versions of the day's sacred and secular vocal compositions. At the same time, composers such as Michael Praetorius and William Brady began writing volumes of music meant to be played by instruments in consort. Exploring the recorder, we heard the Royal Wind Music perform Sweling's Variations on SMr and the Flanders Recorder Quartet played Sermone Blando by John Baldwin. Before that, the ensemble Capriccio Stravagante performed an Allemann by William Brady. You can become a fan of Harmonia Early Music on Facebook, or follow our updates all week long on Twitter. Just search for Harmonia Early Music.
1: Years ago, on April 26, 1953, the New York Promusica Antiqua performed its first concert at the New School for Social Research in New York City. Founded by the socialist activist turned merchant marine turned choral conductor Noah Greenberg, the ensemble started a movement without which there would very likely be no such thing as a radio program called Harmonia. I'm Wendy Gillespie, and last summer I had the pleasure of speaking with two surviving early members of the New York Pro Musica Antiqua, tenor Russell Oberlin and soprano Sheila Schoenbrunn. Russell Oberlin sang in that first concert. It was the longest program in the world, <laughs> We, as some young groups do. We sang and performed everything that we knew, you know, just I about, know. My first recital was like that. It <laughs> could still be going on. You know? <laughs> it, it may be still going on. It was something. On. One of the pieces the ensemble performed at that first concert was Adriano Banchieri's Festino nella sera de Giovedi Grasso, published in 1608. The madrigal comedy was also one of Five LPs, the New York Promusica Antiqua released in 1953 on Esoteric Records. Let's listen to a piece from that recording. 1953 recording, New York Pro Musica Antiqua performed music from Adriano Banchieri's Festino Nella Sera del Giovedi Grasso. Banchieri's comedy is still amusing. Let's hear another version of the same piece, this time performed more than 40 years later, and in the hands of some European musicians, who interpret the music more loosely and add instruments to the madrigal.
0: La zia Bernardina racconta una novella.
2: Udrassi contar della gazzuola una ridiculosa e industrifola, Non avendo, non avendo, di me non avendo, si la avendo, non avendo, non avendo, non avendo, non avendo, non avendo, Pull up the
0: a tre voci qui sode una spassevol barzelletta di certi cervellini usciti in fretta
2: Contrappunto bestiale alla mente. Un cane, un cucco, un gatto e un chiù per spasso fan contrapunto a mente sopra un basso.
1: Bestiale, performed in recordings made some 45 years apart, the first by the New York Pro Musica Antiqua, followed by the choir of Radio Svizzera Lugano, directed by Diego Fasolis. You're listening to Harmonia, a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, publisher of Early Music America magazine. On the web at earlymusic.org. I'm Wendy Gillespie. Welcome back. We're taking a look back to the origins of the early music movement in America and paying tribute to the New York Pro Musica Antiqua. The New York Pro Musica Antiqua's original name took nearly as long to say as its first concert took to perform. Here is Russell Oberlin again. The name was finally decided upon, and it was the New York Promusica Antiqua with the St. Cecilia Players, and the Primavera Singers. Whoa! It was an enormous (laughs) thing. Well, over the years, those things (laughs) were got off. off. It didn't didn't take take very long, you know, for them to realize. (laughs) Not a a very good uh, name for the group. After deliberation, the ensemble was called the New York Pro Musica Antiqua, later shortened further to the New York Pro Musica, began its 21-year journey with a mission to introduce the listening public to music that is now considered the core repertory of early music. Its director, Noah Greenberg, was an imposing and charismatic figure, an unforgettable presence on the stage, who conducted every piece in the concert, even those sung by a small vocal ensemble. Russell Oberlin said that they'd joke about how Greenberg would show up to conduct even when there were only four or five voices. Said Oberlin, we didn't really need all that, but he just wanted to do it. You can hear the entire conversation with Russell Oberlin and Sheila Schonbrun on our website, harmonyarearlymusic.org. Let's listen now to some music of Henry Purcell from another 1953 New York Promusica Antiqua recording. Russell Oberlin singing Henry Purcell's Strike the Vial. Though Oberlin sings in the range of the countertenor, it is interesting to note that neither he nor any other singer in the New York Promusica's history was a falsettist, as most well-known countertenors from Alfred Deller to Yeston Davis are described. In contrast, listen to this recording of the same song performed by the countertenor and falsettist, Andreas Scholl, from a recording released by Decca in 2010. Heard two performances of Henry Purcell's "Strike the Vial" recorded nearly sixty years apart, the first performed by Russell Oberlin and the second by Andreas Scholl. Both men are legends of the countertenor world, though Oberlin sang with a voice that is sometimes referred to as an Irish tenor, and Scholl is usually referred to as a falsettist. It's interesting to contrast the two very different voices particularly since it is not known exactly what the countertenor voice sounded like in Purcell's own time. And there is even some speculation that Purcell himself was a countertenor. Isn't it interesting to contemplate the idea that the performance of early music is at least as much a reflection of its own time as it is a reflection of the time the music was composed? Join me next time for part two of our tribute to the New York Promusica Antiqua, in which we'll listen to the ensemble at the height of its international renown, as well as ponder the idea of authenticity. I'm Wendy Gillespie. You can find hundreds of archived episodes, playlists, and podcasts at harmonyearlymusic.org.
0: On our featured release, the German ensemble Die Zingfonecker explores sacred settings by Orlando de Lasso. The ensemble's newest album, Hymnus, represents a rich period in Lasso's life, as well as a legacy of musical work for the Bavarian monarchy. In 1556, Lasso joined the court of Albrecht V, Duke of Bavaria, in Munich. By 1563, he had been appointed Maestro di Cappella. Lasso worked at the Bavarian court for the rest of his life. It was in the service of Wilhelm V, Albrecht's heir, that the composer began work on numerous hymn settings. We heard Di Zingphonica, "Sing Christe Redemptor Omnium, and Hostis Herodes in pie, by Orlando de Lasso. Lasso's settings occasionally make use of a melody from Gregorian chant, which is then sung by the voice parts in imitation of each other. At other times, an entire hymn melody might be drawn out in long notes as a cantus firmus. A number of Lasso's works complement a hymn's text with newly composed polyphony, and melodies not taken from any other source. Sacred Settings by Orlando De Lasso. We heard his setting of Veni Creator Spiritus for Five Voices, performed by Die Zingfonica from their 2013 recording, Hymnus. Each week, we review recordings new and old on the Harmonia Early Music podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Additional resources come from the William and Gail Cook Music Library at the Indiana University Jacobs School of Music. We welcome your thoughts about any aspect of this program. You can leave a comment or question anytime by visiting harmoniaearlymusic.org and clicking on Contact. The writers for this edition of Harmonia are Laura Osterlin, Wendy Gillespie, and Janelle Davis. Thanks to our studio engineer, Mike Pashkash and our staff, David Wood, John Bailey, and Anna Coogan. Additional technical support comes from KTTZ at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Our producer is Luann Johnson, and I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia.